Hey, we are on the topic of salvation. That's right there. If you're not over there, go ahead and turn to page 15. That's right. How many guys memorized the first chapter or the first uh, paragraph? Might as well because we're still there. And uh, so let's just do a, a little tiny recap and let's continue on because I only got through half of the point I was trying to make about the uniqueness of Christianity and hence the topic salvation of what we bank our whole eternal destiny upon. Uh, page 15 at the top says, how do I find God? This is a question uh, that at one time people ask one or another. And again, we saw that's actually a proof of the existence of God. And the answer we get, obviously, in our world today, it varies, doesn't it? And that's what he says there. Uh, is most people will give you the, this answer if they're even uh, wanting to talk about these kind of things. Well, there are many ways to God. Remember that? And so that's why we wanted to take uh, a little bit of time on that, uh, because that's the lie of the enemy, the evil one, okay, is he wants us to think that Jesus is not unique, that salvation we're talking about is just one of many ways to get to heaven, okay? Now, just to recap, for those of you who are hooked on notes, anybody hooked on notes? Praise God, all two of you. But uh, we saw that uh, that's one of the most ludicrous statements. It's a lie and it's ludicrous uh, because, it, what, remember what we said, the, the, the premise is if anybody says that to you, uh, it, what they basically told you is they know nothing of uh, evangelical Christianity and true Christianity, and they know nothing of world religions. We'll get to the second half of that, world religions, Lord willing, tonight. And the first half of that we saw, the reason why that's ludicrous is because when you take a look at true salvation, biblical salvation, Jesus Christ... How in the world could you make a statement like that? It's so radically different, uh, incredibly different. And what we saw there, if you saw, is number one, we saw that the reason why it's completely different, all religions do not teach the same thing. Christianity is unique. The salvation we're talking about is the only way, okay, not all of them lead to heaven, is because you cannot, okay, you cannot earn it there. Okay, as we're going to see tonight, that's what a lot of them say. They either say that you are God, you can become God, or you have to work your way, and everybody's got their technique okay, uh, to God, okay, then we saw that Christianity clearly teaches, number two, this is a distinguishing point, that there's a hell, okay, now that's the irony of the statement, the word salvation, right, saved from hell, okay, as we're going to see again tonight, some of these people, they're like, you know, they'll, they believe in a heaven, and they believe that everybody is, will be saved, but they don't believe in hell, it's like, what, How, why do you even use that word, saved from what, if you're automatically going to get there, it's kind of crazy. Uh, that was a distinguishing point. Then we saw a couple things specifically about uh, Jesus himself. And we saw, first of all, hello, he's alive. Buddha's dead. Muhammad's dead. The great confused one is dead, or Confucius, however you want to uh, uh, call him. Uh, then we saw clearly Jesus claimed, uh, no questions about it. He said, I am the Messiah, John chapter 4. Then we saw, in case that wasn't enough, he was and is God. Okay, come to the earth. You want to see the Father? Who do you look at? You look at Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God, Colossians chapter 1 is what we saw there. And then we not only saw that, is he is the one who is responsible, Colossians chapter 1, for creation. So do all religions teach that you cannot earn your way to heaven, to salvation, that there is such a place as hell, damnation, uh, that Jesus is still alive today, he didn't die on the cross and stay in the grave, that he is the Messiah, that he is the only way, that he is God, and that he is the one responsible for creation. No. So how in the world could you make this statement? Well, all religions basically teach the same thing. It's crazy. Okay. Now, believe it or not, that's just half of that dilemma. I want to take a look at the other half. This is the uniqueness of evangelical Christianity. Okay. Remember, what was the premise? If somebody makes that statement to you, what they just translated, what they just told you is they know nothing of evangelical Christianity. Okay. Number two, what was the back end of that? They know nothing of other 
world religions, okay, because they are diametrically opposed to each other, let alone to Christianity. That's when I want to take a little bit of time to dispel both sides of that equation, okay, to show us that salvation, what we're talking about, the message, the good news, that's what the word gospel means, really is totally, radically unique. And we have to understand this, guys, and not fall for this lie, this push for this one world religion, this ecumenical movement that says, hey, 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 Mary, back off. Don't tell me Jesus is the only way. Who are you to say that my way is... It's that whole baloney, okay? This is a lie. So I want to deal with that in case you're not familiar with other world religions. First of all, this one should be a no-brainer. Okay, all religions, let's go with their premise, are basically the same. They teach the same thing. Really? How about the religion of atheism? Yep. I'll tell you what, Marianne, that's exactly like Christianity. Man, that's exactly... Why, why didn't I think of that before? Are you crazy? Obviously, atheism says that there is no God, uh, there is no divine being, and uh, that basically you surmise what life is all about based upon scientific findings, and that the whole purpose of your life is that humans can help themselves and each other and solve the world's problems. Really? How's that working out for everybody? Huh? Have we achieved peace yet? Is it awesome? How are you guys doing? Is everything going great, huh? How's atheism working for you? Yeah, oh, hey, we're going to Midland tonight. But that's right. Uh, we'll skip that topic. But uh, <laughs> atheism, give me a break. That's, that's a no-brainer, okay? okay? But let me get into some other ones. Okay, how about the one just across the street? The Baha'i faith, right? I always wonder, how, where'd they get that name from? Some guy's trying, what do you, Baha'i? You know, what do you, is that why he came up there? What do you do? I no, actually, I think it was one of the false teachers of Providence supposedly there. Okay, but anyway, they're just across the street, right? So we, should we be hanging out with those guys, having potlucks? We're all going to go do evangelistic things together? Because we're all the same. I mean, we should witness to them. We should be open to sharing with them. As we saw last week with Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons, if they come to your door, please don't slam it. Because who in the world is going to witness to the witness, right? It's only going to come from us, Okay. And, uh, and so, but same thing, I would agree, John, we, we need to reach out to them. But I'm talking about, yes, let's come one, come all, let's all, we're all the same, we're all praying to the same, God. I don't think so. And by their own definition, uh, they say that there is one God, if you're not familiar, we're just across the street from us, okay? Uh, but they say that he has revealed himself progressively, not just in the Bible, as we see, but progressively through different major world religions. Yep, that's exactly what the Bible says. That is totally in line with what... No, they don't believe in the Trinity. They believe that all religions are praying to the same God. Is that true? No. Okay, not at all. Okay, they believe that Jesus is no better or worse than any other great teacher like Muhammad, Buddha, Confucian. Now, how many of you guys heard that one? Okay, that's a new age thing. That's a Baha'i faith thing. That's where that comes from. And it's just all this, can't we all get along? Okay, mentality there. Uh, but did Jesus, now I want to kick that one just a little bit. This whole premise, and this is the classic thing. They said, well, Jesus is nothing unique about him. Now, first of all, is that true? Uh, he's alive, that's unique. He's the Messiah, that's unique. He's God, he's responsible for creation. I'm thinking that's kind of unique. Okay, so I, uh, Muhammad didn't do none of that stuff. Buddha sure didn't, you know what I'm saying? So how, how can you say that and then say, let's all come together. Let's, I don't think so. Radically different. But let, let's dispel that a little bit because that's a classic one. Is they'll say, well, he was just a great teacher. He came here to teach us some great things. But then, you know, over time, another great teacher arose onto the scene. Another, their, their new age term is avatar. You know, another great, you know, whatever. Okay. Uh, did Jesus leave us with the option that that's all he is? 
No, if you've never read Josh McDowell's book, More Than a Carpenter, very small book, got it at my library, you're welcome to read it, but go through the 73, I think, boxes in my garage and find it. Have fun. Okay, it's not unpacked. But anyway, I recommend it. You can get it for four bucks or something, but More Than a Carpenter. And he brings out this point. Jesus did not leave us with the option that he's just relegated to a great moral teacher. Not if you read the Bible anyway. And what you will see is there's only three options logically based on the life of Jesus Christ, based on this premise of who he said he was, that he could have been. And it wasn't just a teacher, okay? And the first one is, well, based on this claim that he's Messiah, he's God, well, the first logical option is um, he's some sort of a lunatic, you know? Okay, and then people could say that. They could say, well, man, he's a lunatic. He thought he was God. He thought he was, you know, blah, blah. Okay, but when you take a look at the panoply of the Gospels of what's going on, the full picture there, does Jesus' behavior, okay, even if you want to look at it from a non-Christian point of view, just being honest with the facts of what we see about the character of Jesus Christ in the Gospels, is it consistent with the behavior of a lunatic? No. no. Okay, so that blows that one away. The other one is, well, he flat out lied. He's a liar. Okay, and again, Jesus not only said that he is the truth, okay, and as God, God doesn't lie, he doesn't sin, sin is a lie, uh, uh, lying is a sin, okay, but still, is what we see in the scripture, is it consistent with Jesus that he's some sort of a con continual liar? No, so the only other option that he leaves us is who, in fact, he emphatically declared he's Lord, okay, for those of you taking notes, there's three L's, really easy to remember, he's either Lord uh, which he says he is, he's not a liar and he's not a lunatic, okay? He's not some just great teacher. But that's what they teach, the Baha'i faith. And they say, there's, oh, I love this one. You talk about uh, hypocritical. There's only one religion in the world, okay? Remember, uh, God has revealed himself through different major religions over time. We're open to all these different things, but there's only one major religion in the world which is uh, basically valid. And guess who that is? That's the code word for Baha'i. Yeah, right over there, in case you're wondering. Okay, uh, uh, heaven and hell, they say, are not literal. That's just so, like a descriptive term, they believe, uh, to describe your journey towards finding your way back to God uh, is what that is. And that we journey uh, through different worlds based on our efforts here on earth. Yep, Darius, I'll tell you what. That person, whoever came up with that phrase, all religions basically teach the same thing, is absolutely right. I mean, look at the Baha'i faith. That is so exactly line by line, precept upon precept. That is just like Christianity. Are you kidding me? How in the world uh, could we believe that? Now, let me hit a couple other ones. How about Buddhism? Now, first of all, Buddhism uh, varies. There's the more atheistic version. There's a more polytheistic version. You know, so which one are you going to work with, okay? Uh, but basically, Buddha taught that nothing is permanent. Okay, now, uh, Gary, I thought when I, at least in my notes, I got this scribbled in there, uh, nothing is permanent. Apparently, he never had to pay taxes or something, you know what I'm saying? So, but no, it's, what? Nothing is permanent? What are you talking about? Okay, that's his basic premise that he taught there uh, falsely. And he said that the whole purpose is to avoid suffering and gain enlightenment to release ourselves from this cycle of rebirth, i.e. reincarnation. Yep, absolutely right. The Bible teaches reincarnation. New. Hebrews 9.27, it is appointed unto man once to die, then keep coming back until you get it right. Wrong translation, then you face judgment. Okay, here's a classic one. Be careful, New Agers and people in general in the world will bring this up. They'll say, oh yeah, what about John chapter 3? And Jesus is the one who said this. He says, you've got to be born again, right? That's reincarnation, man. And of course, when they bring that point up, they have to talk like that, right, Orson? 
No, they don't. That's just me making an emphasis. Okay, so what's going on there? Okay, born again is actually a Greek word, okay, and it means onothen. Let's say that. That's good, but I ask you to say that. And, uh, but next time, maybe. Uh, onothen, good try, though. And what that literally means is born from above, okay, or born from a higher place. Okay, now you look at it, what happens at the mode of salvation when we get saved as Christian makes total sense. Why they would pick that word, the Holy Spirit inspired, okay, is that God in the realm of eternity up here, man here on our little timeline, the beginning, the end and stuff, and somewhere along the realm of man and time, uh, we got saved, okay? And at that point, we know that when a person becomes born again, what happens? You become indwelled by the Holy Spirit. You become born from where? above bang he comes in you become the temple of the holy spirit he comes to dwell within you exactly what the word implies born again by the way he's talking about spiritual birth he's not talking natural birth okay and he didn't say born again and again and again and again again okay it has nothing to do with reincarnation so pay attention to that but buddhism teaches that and they believe that the way that you can somehow escape this endless cycle uh, is by, of course, meditation, saying your mantras, and showing your devotion to deities. Yep, absolutely, John, all religions basically teach the same thing. No, I don't think so. How about the, some of the Chinese religions? Now, those religions are, uh, uh, are called, you know, just based uh, with uh, worship of uh, ancestor worship. Anybody familiar with this stuff, hopefully? Okay. Anyway, but <laughs> ancestor worship. And uh, they believe that the purpose in life is to have a, a favorable life, and a peaceful afterlife. And the way that you attain that is by uh, rituals and honoring of dead people, ancestors. Okay, And they believe that when you die, there's going to be judgment, or there's going to be reincarnation, or there's going to be temporary hell until you can somehow get to uh, paradise. And then, of course, that's achieved through ancestor worship and prayer. Yeah, Jeanette, I'm glad you're here because, boy, you just really proved our point. All religions are basically the same thing. Nothing unique about Jesus. <laughs> Man, I tell you what, we need to hop on that bandwagon. They're right. I don't think so. Mary, you're itching to say something. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, it's a, a, most, a lot of these things come from what's called the, uh, uh, for those of you watching the tape, uh, the question is, have you heard about Mary uh, or Jesus uh, getting married to Mary Magdalene and all that fun stuff? What that comes from is what's called the gospel. One of them, one of the false ones called the gospel of Thomas. Okay. And what happened is uh, right after the uh, canonization of the New Testament, the early church basically already had what was considered the New Testament. Okay. Uh, the enemy went to work and he started to, in, in fact, we see with uh, Paul, we see with uh, John, we see with Peter, and he starts to warn uh, people in the church. We even see this in the New Testament right after the church was born. He says, watch out, guys, here they come. Okay, false teachers. Okay, and so think about it from the enemy's point of view is what he's doing. Here's the word of God, inspired of God. All scripture is God-breathed, inspired of him. Okay, and so here it is, the great news of the gospel. He's defeated. He thought his greatest work that he thought of destroying Jesus, so he thought, Jesus dying, so he thought, was his greatest undoing. That's basically God's way of saying nanny, nanny, boo-boo in Jesus' name. So what's he do? As we saw last week, he is not just kakos, he's paneros. He's seen how many people he can take with him down to hell. So what he, he immediately goes to, and you see this it, immediately in the church. Now he starts to try to ruin, infiltrate, dilute God's truth. Okay, And he does that with false teachers. Now, one of the false teachers, as we're going to see maybe in a little bit, was a false teaching that was called Gnosticism. 
okay, is going on there, and that was one of them that was already beginning to be dealt with. Gnosis, meaning gnosis, which is where we get the word knowledge from, okay, and they had this secret knowledge, okay, and what they would do, okay, is they would take, uh, they would write letters, and they would circulate them, and then they would give them biblical names. That's one of them, Gospel of Thomas, okay? Now, if you don't understand the background, if you don't understand the historical context, you're going, well, it says Gospel of Thomas. That has to be Thomas or the... No, really? Hey, we can have an atheist that says, hey, he writes something, okay, and then he slaps on, you know, the Gospel of um, Barabbas, you know, hey, he's mentioned in the Bible. It's got to be from him. Who, is it a conspiracy theory? Are you trying to hold the truth from me? No, he just slaps a name on it, okay? And then people, and they, they infiltrate these Gnostic kind of thinkings. That was one of them that he got his secret powers over from, I've heard, from Egypt, from the Far East. And this is where you get some of the spurious notes that when Jesus was a little kid, you know, he, he was, uh, this bird had died. And, and, and so he made another one or something out of mud and made it come to life and all this stuff. And so, this is where you get these kind of spurious tales is what's going on there, is from these false teachings that began to infiltrate uh, into the church. The Gospel of Thomas is unfortunately one of them. Now, I'll say this and I'll get your question in just a second. Uh, is one thing that's interesting is they call them, and the world banks on this. I just watched a video and it was talking about 1950s. I forget the name of the book, but it was Communism Coming to America uh, and uh, how it's, uh, they're doing very well, uh, unfortunately. And one of their tenets was to obviously shock her, but this is back in the 50s, was to get people uh, to doubt the Bible. Okay, and this is exactly what our world continues to do. How many guys have ever seen those uh, specials, okay, on the History Channel, and they call them this, the lost books of the Bible, right? And then instantly you're going, somebody's trying to hide something from me. There's a conspiracy. It's all designed to cast out. And what they do, guys, is they bring up these false documents that the early church dealt with, said this is false, it's false teaching, it's not part of the New Testament, it's a lie, and they dealt with it. And the enemy, he does the same thing, okay? The only problem with the lost books of the Bible is they get lost all right, and then they keep coming back every 10 to 15 years. And then they recycle again, they're up on TV again, and then Christians, we do what we're supposed to do, we give a defense for the hope that lies within us, we show that these are wrong, these, this is why they were not canonized, because it's false teaching, these were false teachers, the enemy is trying to infiltrate God's truth, it's not the truth, okay, etc., etc., okay, and, and then they go away, okay? Then they wait for another generation, or even a half a generation, and then all of a sudden you start seeing, here comes the shows, the lost books of the Bible. It's the same goofball thing. Christians rise up again. I've seen it at least since I've been saved since 93, at least three different times cycle. And it's all designed to get us to cast out. It's because people don't understand the history of the church. Who was it, Seneca, who said those who do not learn their history are doomed to repeat it, right? I've learned the same thing with Christians. We are so easily duped because we don't even know our own history, okay, is what's going on there, uh, unfortunately. Uh, very quickly, question Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And once again, you start to take a look at it, and uh, you see that you're dealing with, obviously, spurious documents. And again, it's it just unfortunate. When you, when you even study the history behind the information that's contained in there, you see, again, that all this stuff just gets recycled, recycled, and the whole thing is just to cast doubt. Okay. 
and uh, which came first. What came first was the New Testament. And people say, well, why wasn't it included in the canon? Okay, and the canon basically means, uh, canon, which means rule or authority. This is the final word is where we get that New Testament canon, Old Testament canon. Okay, it was already established by the early church. Now, what's really interesting, okay, we're never going to get past page one. But anyway, who's, we're taking all kinds of rapture. Well, it was really interesting, in the early church, you look at God, even when the false teachers started coming in, God still had the last word. He still pulls off a nanny nanny boo-boo. Okay? Because what happened was now all of a sudden these false teachers come along, even false people today that would come along and you know, they, they would go, like Paul, he's visiting the churches, right? Going around the circuit, right? Well, you'd have false teachers, unfortunately, doing the same thing. Paul can't be in two places all the time. Barnabas can't be there all the time. Timothy or Titus can't always be there, right? There's only so many people, right? And so they'd come in, they'd sneak in, so Paul would have to go back in and do damage control. he said, no, you foolish Galatians, how, what in the world? You started off by the gospel, it's by the spirit of God that you're saved, and that alone, how in the world could you listen to this guy, this false teacher who come in and says, now you've got to keep the law? Who has bewitched you? Actually, Paul uses some very strong words there. I don't mean this in a derogative sense, but actually the Greek, what he's saying there, he's, Paul's very, you know, they say, oh, you foolish Galatians. Mm-hmm, that's not a good translation. He's basically saying this, you, you stupid. That's really what he's saying. I mean, he's really, he's like, I can't believe you guys, right? Okay, so now here's my whole point. So the church in-house knew what was the scripture by and large. What we have is the, the 27 books in the New Testament, right? By and large, okay, 66 total uh, with the Old Testament correct, yes, uh, 39-27. Uh, but what happened was now you got the influx of all these teachers, right? And then you got these circuit guys going around saying, oh, but I got a new revelation from God. I'm a, an apostle too. And then they would spill out their blah, blah, blah. And so what happened, this is why, if you've ever heard of the church councils, this is why the church began to get together. Because they said, all right, we already kind of know in-house, in between us, what is God's word and that gospel of Thomas and all this other stuff, the gospel of Mary and all this other stuff is false, it's a bunch of baloney. But we're getting so many of these false teachers, we better meet together and put our stamp of approval on thus saith the Lord, this is the scripture, right? The tool for doing that, the impetus of that was false teachers. And so, and the good news for you and I is because once they did that, then they began to copy in mass. Uh, the scriptures, which is good for us because it's preserved us for us, okay? Now, we're not there yet, and I seriously doubt tonight we're going to get to that answer, Bubba Jones and Earl T. Mason ate peppered squirrel sausage, the 10 lines of evidence why we know the Bible came from God, okay? Uh, But one of the points is what's called the manuscript data, okay? Now, because these false teachers, because of all this stuff coming into the church, okay, uh, and the church putting their stamp of approval and then begin to mass produce and start copying the authorized word of God, okay, and so to distinguish from the false teaching so people get the truth, okay, is uh, what they would do is they would have uh, uh, with the councils, and they would come together, and they would authorize it, uh, what we would have uh, today. Anyway, if it comes up again, oh, 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 manuscript data, thank you, praise God, thank you, that chicken fume got away from me, bud, so breathe that way, will you please? No, no, sorry, that's fine. But the manuscript data, what happened is because of that, uh, they would have uh, uh, the manuscript data, we have thousands and thousands and thousands of copies, okay, because people say, all right, fine, if that really did, uh, you know, the New Testament, uh, we don't have the originals today, uh, so how do we know that the New Testament that we have today uh, really did is even accurate? I guess you guys heard that one? Same thing with the Old Testament. Lord willing, we'll go in great detail once we get to that. Start at 7,322, whenever we get there. Okay, uh, but this is the importance of 
canonizing the scripture, making mass copies. Okay, now by way of comparison, you talk about hypocrisy. Anybody ever have philosophy in secular college? Okay, right? Did anybody in those classes that you had, first of all, how many guys did your best to even stay awake? Okay, but you're in there, you're talking about Aristotle, you're talking about Plato like that, and the teacher's going on and on, and this is it, here's the ethics and morals and this and all that stuff and all the, you know, formulas and stuff like that, logic and all that fun stuff. Okay, and then you get in there, did anybody, did, it didn't happen in my class that I recall, did anybody ever get there, excuse me, teacher, um, could you prove to me the authenticity of the writings of Plato? I seriously am not I'm concerned about the authenticity. How do we know that the writings of Plato, that what you are teaching us, really did come from him? Anybody ever do that? No. Now, here's the irony. Here's the hypocrisy, guys. Okay. Of uh, uh, Plato. Aristotle's another one. Okay. Of the writings of Plato. Okay. Now, I know that, isn't, isn't that what we, in children's church, isn't that what we use? Is it? Sonia? No, there's Plato. Okay, yeah, I know what you're thinking. That's the wrong guy. Okay. <laughs> okay, now you feel better? You paying attention? Okay, that's the wrong, wrong philosopher. Okay. <laughs> Plato. Okay, listen to this. Now, listen to this. Hold on a second. <laughs> you know how many copies of Plato we have on the planet? How many copies of the writings of Plato? We have seven. Seven copies. Now, do you know of those seven copies, how... Uh, far removed they are from the original writing. 1,200 years. We have seven copies of the writings of Plato, and they're 1,200 years removed from the original. Nobody ever scoffs at that. Nobody ever brings up. Nobody ever questions the authenticity of the writings of Plato. It just dribbles on and on and on and on. Yet, we have portions of the New Testament within 25 years, the Gospel of John, some of the John's writing, and we have 24,000 plus copies. And yet people mock at the Scripture. How do you know? You can't trust the Bible. Really? How in the world can you trust that? Okay, do you see that? And Lord willing, when we get to Bubba Jones's serious concern there, we'll go into great, greater detail. Okay, but anyway, so that's what's going on with that question. We are with Chopra. Chopra. How many guys? Deep, deep, puck, Chopra. You know the guy that's always on uh, Oprah Wan Kenobi, the New Age thing, Oprah Winfrey. Okay, yeah, whatever. So anyway, uh, he's on there. Uh, if you're familiar with that, he basically teaches what's called uh, monism. Okay, or that God is the supreme reality, and He pervades all. You know what I'm saying? And if that was true, what happened is God just walked into the room. No, that was Ron, and we like Ron. Give it up for Ron. Right. But that's what they would teach. They would say that you are God, I am God, this podium's God, the pew's God, pew, no, that's it. the carpet's God, hey, when, trees are God, bees are God, we're all God, all right? It's, well, see, it's a false teaching, isn't it? But that's what I would agree. So anyway, and then, not only they teach that, okay, then they say that humans have limitless potential. Boy, doesn't that sound great? That's not even logical, okay? I don't know about you guys. Uh, he had me going there for a while, John Spud Webb. Remember him? Okay, I had great hopes, but I have given up the fact that I do not have limitless potential, and I'm never going to be an NBA basketball star. You know what I'm saying? Spud Webb got, I got, ooh, you, you know what I'm saying? But it just ain't happening, okay? Limitless potential, that sounds great. That's not even reality. He teaches, of course, reincarnation, which we just saw a little bit ago. The Bible does not teach. Uh, teaches yoga. <clears throat> you guys need to wake up. This is coming into the church, unfortunately. Do you guys have any idea what yoga is? Okay, it means, the word yoga means to yoke. Okay, and what you're doing through these bending exercises, breathing exercises, 
these are uh, Hinduistic techniques to get you into an altered state of consciousness so that you can connect with the, the, the Hindu deities. And people say, well, I just do it for the exercise. I said, well, hey, listen, fine. If that's really all it's about, why does it have to be something that the Hindus use to get you connected into an altered state of consciousness to their deities, which is demons? If you really want to do an exercise, and if it's really just about exercise, here's something. <laughs> right? Does it, why does it have to be that? I said, give me a break. Okay? It's just another tool that the enemy gets us and tricks us uh, into that. But again, hey, apparently that's a great reason why he's been on Oprah Wan Kenobi. Because all religions, as you can clearly see, you teach the same thing. I don't think so. Hey, how about Christian science? Okay, that's another one. And uh, that's kind of interesting. They don't believe in the Trinity, and they believe that matter and evil do not exist. Matter and evil do not exist. It's just an illusion. And I thought, you know what? Gee whiz. Yeah. I tell that to the person whose uh, family member was raped. Tell that to the person who's dealing with uh, things of that nature. That is ridiculous. Now, the ultimate hypocrisy is the false teaching that, uh, from a lady named Mary Baker Eddy. Okay, and that they believe that that uh, you can have you know this perfect health and spiritual healing. Of course, what you got to do is you got to understand their way of knowledge. You have to to read their science and health magazine and do their stuff right. Okay, the founder, uh, I believe Mary Baker Eddy, if we're supposed to have perfect health and you could just achieve it, you know, kind of this, this mind science thingamajig. Okay, she wore glasses. <laughs> what happened there? Why don't you just maybe read another page of your book? Better praise. What's going on here? Total hypocrisy is going on. Confucianism, purpose of life is to fill one's role in society, propriety, honor, and loyalty. And um, that's pretty much it. There's not much else after that. It's just kind of a, be a good person, good patriot, good citizen. You know, that's about it. You know, is that what the Bible teaches? Hey, that's some version, some people's version of Christianity, isn't it? Evolution. Evolution, that's, that's atheism. Another, yeah, that's a big lie. We don't have time to go for that. Uh, man, there's uh, 41 DVDs that I've taught on that before. Uh, so if you ever want to uh, fall asleep at night, watch them. And so, <laughs> but they're great stuff, man. It's a six-year project. Took me six years to complete. Yeah, okay, but maybe we can get to the video sometime. Anyway, from intelligent creation all the way from evidence for Noah's flood, dinosaurs in the Bible, the whole they cover the whole gamut. Uh, you can get the book too, uh, Witness to Creation. Deism, they say that, oh yeah, there's one creator, but he's not interested in the affairs of men. Is that true? Is that just like the Bible? God doesn't care about us? He just got the clock going and said, you're on your own. No, that's not at all what the Bible uh, teaches. And uh, how about Epicureanism? That uh, is kind of a polyistic thing. They believe in not just a God, like a deism, but many gods. Okay, uh, they exist, but again, it's almost like deism where, but they don't take any interest in humans, okay? They believe that everything is made of atoms, including the gods and the soul. There is no afterlife, and the soul dissolves when the body dies, and therefore, the purpose of your life is to pursue the highest pleasures, friendship and tranquility, and to avoid pain. Almost kind of like the mentality today, isn't it? If there is no God, and if there is no afterlife, and if I'm not accountable to anybody for anything I do, what's the logical alternative? Eat, drink, be merry. Die. Live it up. Party as you can. Boys with the most toys wins. You've heard all the phrases. It's that same kind of unfortunate mentality. Is that what the Bible teaches? Absolutely right. Remember, what's the whole premise? We're dealing with the issue of salvation. We talked last week with the uniqueness of Jesus Christ. How in the world can somebody make that uh, inane statement that all religions basically teach the same thing uh, when, when, when Orthodox Christianity completely denies that and blows it out of the water. But that's what we're dealing with tonight is the back half 
uh, what they just told you. They don't know anything about Christianity, and they don't know anything about other world religions. As we're seeing, as we're going through these guys, they don't even agree with each other. So again, as you get equipped with this, you're going, how in the world could anybody continue to repeat this baloney that it's all basically the same thing? It's not. Okay, how about uh, Harry Krishna? You guys run into those guys? Okay, uh, they believe that Krishna is the uh, supreme god. Okay, now I thought this was very interesting. And, I, and again, I think it's spiritual warfare because it's a sin called blasphemy. Okay, the Bible says that God is so holy. We hear this on Sundays. God is so holy that even his name is holy, right? And that you're not supposed to use his name in vain. Okay, now isn't it interesting that the name that people use for a common cuss word nowadays is what? Jesus. I don't think that's by chance. And then if it's all basically the same, then let's be fair about it. Okay, with all due respect, right? How come when somebody stubs their toe or hits their uh, thumb with a hammer, they don't go, oh, Buddha, Buddha, Buddha. You know what I'm saying? Somebody cuts them off the road. Harry H. Krishna. <laughs> Why is it just and always the name of Jesus Christ? I think there's a little bit more to it other than that. But that's what they believe. They believe that salvation from this age of the uh, Kali. You guys ever seen pictures of their goddess Kali? It's just like this multi-armed lady, like this, with the fangs and bloody things. She's a bloody warmonger thing, whatever. And, and, and my theory was, Ron, it's like, man, she's still upset over that first date she had with that guy. I don't know, but, uh, man, she ain't happy is what's going on. Okay, but that's what they believe is this goddess of Kali. And uh, that we can escape this. And, boy, do we need to escape that. Uh, is, and that we can return to uh, Godhead, okay, to this Krishna consciousness, okay, and uh, basically, again, a reincarnation kind of thinking. And the way that we achieve that is through chanting, dancing, evangelism, vegetarianism, temple worship, and a monastic style of living is what they teach. Uh, Hinduism, again, the same kind of thing. It's uh, one reality they call Brahman, but it's manifested in many different gods and goddesses. I think today, what was it, 30,000, 30, 30, 30 million different gods and goddesses? Uh, in Hinduism, it's absolutely wild. And again, that you're uh, in reincarnation, you've got to keep going through it until you get released from this cycle of suffering and stuff like that. And the way that you do that, again, is through yoga, yokin, okay, meditation, worship, and devotion to these gods and goddesses, etc., etc. Then there's Islam. And we all know, because the media never lies, that Islam is the same thing as Christianity. And that we're praying, and Allah is the same as the God of the Wash my tongue when I get home. No, he's not. Absolute ogre. If you want to witness to an Islam, you want to talk about some major differences between Allah and God of the Bible, okay, they know nothing of a father's love, of our heavenly father's love, of the forgiveness and the intimacy and intimate terms of being his children. They don't know that. Okay, that's another, another thing if you want to witness to them, they know nothing of eternal security, the blessedness of eternal security. Okay, because basically, in a premise, it's a works-based thing. You've got to keep the five pillars. You've got to do all this stuff and refrain from pork and alcohol and do Ramadan and fast and do all this stuff. It's a works-based system. But even then, you still don't even know if you're even going to get there. And there's only one way, and this is why they're doing it, if you don't understand, why they're having these uh, jihads, why people are on these suicide missions, because part of their religion teaches that there's only one way, this is your only out for eternal security, quote-unquote is if you go uh, blow yourself up, if you basically become a martyr, uh, kill yourself in the murdering of infidels, which is Jewish people and us, Christians. Okay, anybody who doesn't submit to the will of Allah, okay, is the plan there. And oh, by the way, uh, the reward for that 
is man, you get to satisfy your lusts eternally in paradise with 72 virgins. Yeah, that's exactly like Christianity. I mean, whoever came with that statement was brilliant. I mean, they are such a scholar. They obviously know all about Christianity when they make that statement. They obviously know all about world religions because, boy, that's just... Uh, Jehovah witnesses very quickly. They believe in uh, one God, but you can only call him Jehovah, which is very interesting because God shows us different many terms. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is Jehovah uh, Jaffa. He's, there's all different kind of uh, names that we can call God, but they get hung up on that. They deny the uh, deity, uh, and, uh, and they believe that the Holy Spirit is a force. Is that what the Bible teaches? No, he's with you. Uh, and also, the Bible says that we can grieve the Holy Spirit. How do you grieve a force? If it was something like electricity or something. You'll grieve if you don't pay your electric bill, but you can't grieve electricity or some force. No. Okay, they just they, uh, take away from that. Uh, and obviously, it's a work-based system. Uh, originally, they're false prophets. They've had so many different false prophecies, it's not even funny. Uh, 1917, I believe, is one. 1925, and they continue on up, right on up to pretty much the present day. And they just, I, why people continue to follow them, I have no idea. It was in New York. You got the Watchtower Society. That's their big, giant headquarters. Uh, they really pretty much don't even study out of their perverted uh, Bible, which is perverted. Okay, they pretty much just follow the script in their watchtower, little magazines and little pamphlets and stuff like that is what's going on there. And by the way, uh, uh, just to give you a little teaser uh, of their so-called scholar, they said, well, our translation's more accurate or better than your translation. Really? Okay, do, I'm catting out the bag. This is going to sound absolutely crazy, but this is the facts. Okay, check it out yourself. Do you know who was their Hebrew Greek scholar for their New World translation? He was a short order, short order cook from New Jersey who knew nothing of biblical languages. Actually was brought out to court, in court. Yep, but uh, that's exactly like Christianity. Uh, Mormonism, kind of the same thing. Deny the Trinity. They believe that Jesus and Satan are spirit brothers. Uh, they believe in three different celestial kingdoms. That's why they're going on the bike tour, because if you want to make it to the top tier, the third tier, okay, uh, then you have to become, uh, you have to go through the priesthood, which you have to do all the secret handshakes. And ladies, the only way you're going to get there is if you marry a Mormon uh, guy who's gone through the priesthood, okay? And, and then you're supposed to get these uh, 12, uh, you're supposed to get these secret names that you call out at resurrection and stuff like that. Okay, there's nothing secret. They cycle through. I think the one guy that, who came out of it, who was a, a high priest in the Mormon church, uh, I even hate Satan that term because it has nothing to do with Christianity, okay? But the Mormon religion, okay? And uh, he says, actually, what they do is they cycle through 12 different names, but nobody's supposed to tell each other, so they don't know until they get out of it. I kid you not. The other thing, too, is Joseph Smith, you had anything about his background, he was a gold digger. Again, this started up in New York, where I just came from, okay? And uh, uh, these, all these secret rites that you go through this Mormon priesthood that you're supposed to keep to yourself and all that stuff, he ripped them off from Freemasonry, the secret handshakes through the curtains, the secret underwear you're supposed to wear, Garments, whatever, all that stuff. It, he ripped it off from Freemasonry. The guy wasn't even original when it came to that. Okay, but it's a works-based salvation. And of course, because of that, you need to abstain from alcohol, tobacco, coffee, or tea, uh, even though apparently it's okay for them to own organizations that promote them. We won't go there. Uh, and then, of course, New Age is another one. That's a classic one. And that's what I came out of. Now, you tell me if this is exact. Remember the premise? All religions basically teach the same thing, right? New Age, here's what New Age teaches. All is God, earth, man, animals, and plants. Is that true? No. Uh, man is destroying the earth along with animals and plants, and unless he changes his ways, Mother Earth will be forced to destroy humanity. Is this starting to sound familiar where this is coming from? 
being promoted in schools and the media. Christianity is the biggest culprit in destroying the earth by teaching that man had dominion over the earth when the earth is actually a living being. Okay, there's no such thing as sin, no need to repent or be saved. Jesus is but one of many great teachers, such as Muhammad, Buddha, Confucius. Mankind needs to seek direction not from the Bible, but from the spirit world, via a psychic, a channeler, a palm reader, astrology, angels, space aliens, dead relatives, and meditation. All religions, they say, oh, before I get to that, because I want to close that, in order for the world to be at peace, here is their mandate. Uh, and harmony, there must be a new world order, a universal monetary system, a world authority on food, health, and water, universal tax, a one world war leader, and the abolishment of Christianity. If that doesn't sound like revelation, I don't know what is. Little do they know that they're following the script that God said was going to happen, the rise of the Antichrist kingdom. Now, the basic premise of this is total hypocrisy. All religions, except Christianity, ultimately, are of equal merit. How many guys have heard this lie? Okay, you, okay there are no absolutes. Who are you to say, John 14, 6, Jesus is the only way? All religions basically teach the same. We need to tolerate one another, right? Have you heard the new tolerance? We've got to tolerate Really tolerate, that's great. Okay, so basically what you just told me, if somebody tells you this, would you please respond like this in love? When they say, there are no absolutes. Really, are you, Mary? Absolutely sure about that. <laughs> you just made an absolute statement. Okay, and then your so-called definition of tolerance that we're supposed to accept anything and everything is really this. You accept anything and everything but my religion. But by your own definition, which is a wrong definition, you're supposed to accept me, but you won't accept me. You don't even live up to your own false definition of what's going on there. So we see uh, with the New Age, and then finally, of course, we all know that Scientology, Shintoism, Taoism, the Unification Church, that basically teaches we're all going to get there, uh, no matter what. Uh, and then uh, Wicca, yeah, Wicca, that's, you know, sure, that's, you know, casting down demons and spells and doing all that stuff, that's just like Christianity. And, but who could forget Unitarianism? Okay, and we'll close with this, and... Members, they uh, might believe in one God. They might believe in many gods. They might believe in no God. Okay, just take your pick. Uh, they believe that, uh, therefore, we need to seek inner and outer peace and just seek insight and health and compassion. Some people may believe in afterlife. Some do not. But very few believe in, guess where? Hell. Inner, and listen to this term. Universalism indicates the belief that all will be saved. That's our topic, salvation. Really? You don't believe in hell, saved from what? <laughs> Why'd you use the term saved if you don't believe there's something even to be saved from? Jesus is the only way to God. The other paths are false paths. It's the most, and hopefully tonight, we've got to go and we'll have to chat with that later, but hopefully tonight you saw the other half of the story because uh, I wanted you just to really get ingrained with the absolute insanity of, of, of a statement that people could say that all religions are basically the same. Because remember, what's our topic? We're still on the first page and the first paragraph. Salvation. What we have to share with people really is the good news because all this other baloney news that I just read to you is bad news. It's a false way. It will lead you to hell whether you believe in hell or not. And we have the good news. No, this is the way. This is the way out of this mess. Not just here on earth, but even after earth in all eternity. Acts chapter 4, verse 12, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to man by which we must be saved. Christianity is totally unique. Salvation is unique. 
And, but then again, of course, after you say that, and you can even demonstrate the uniqueness of Christianity, the complete difference of world religions, nine times out of ten, somebody's going to ask that question that Mary asked last week. Oh, yeah, but I, who, I don't believe in the Bible. Right? So how do you respond to that? Well, once again, I leave you with a teaser. Lord willing, possibly, we could start with that next week. Bubba Jones and Earl T. Mason, a pepper squirrel sausage. And if you memorize that, you'll have 10 lines of evidence why the Bible is unlike any other book on the planet. And then when we continue in our study, when it said God is holy and that we are not, and that unless Jesus forgives us of our sins, we ask him to do that uh, and receive that wonderful grace, we are headed to hell uh, because the Bible carries the authority. It is really, truly the one and only book that came from God. Amen? Let's pray. Well, hi, this is Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church, and I hope you enjoyed today's study. But before you go, let me ask you one final question. Are you sure that if you were to die today, that you go to heaven and not hell? Before you answer that, let me share a couple things with you. Did you know that the Bible says that God is holy and that we are not? And the Bible also says that the wages of our sin or our unholiness is death. In other words, when we die, and it's coming for each one of us, we're all marching towards the grave at different speeds, but it's going to happen. The Bible says, therefore, since the wages of our sin is death, we deserve to die and go straight to hell and not to heaven. And that's bad enough, but to make matters worse, we don't want to admit this. God already knows. He knows uh, all of our behavior, everything, our thoughts, what we've done, what even we're going to do. He knows it all. He's gone. Even though he already knows this, we don't want to admit this. And so, out of love and mercy, God gave us something called his law or the Ten Commandments. It's kind of like his x-ray into our heart to show us what he already knows, that he is holy and that we are not. And it's this unholiness or sin that separates us from him. Let's take a look at God's x-ray, if you will, his divine law, to show us what he already knows. The Ten Commandments, uh, the ninth one, says this, you shall not bear false witness. Okay, that's called lying. Okay. And if you've ever told a lie once, which we all have, myself included, the Bible says that makes you a liar. Okay? The, the, another commandment says you shall not steal. Okay? Uh, and you might think, well, that's something that everybody does. Well, it doesn't make it right, and it demonstrates what God is trying to show us, that uh, we all have sin, and it's separating us from him. Even if you took a pencil in the third grade from somebody, if you did it without permission... That's stealing. And so now you've become a thief. The Bible says that you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. And how interesting it is and unfortunate that the only name under heaven by which men might be saved, the name Jesus Christ, has now become a common cuss word. The Bible says that God is so holy that even his name is holy. If you've taken the Lord's name in vain and used it as a cuss word or even flippantly, the Bible calls that the sin of blasphemy. And so now you become a blasphemer. The Bible says you shall not commit adultery. And Jesus says if you even look at another person with lust in your eye, you've committed adultery in your heart. And finally, the Bible says uh, you shall not murder. And you might think, well, hey, I haven't done that one. Really? Well, again, the Bible says that the sin of hatred is the same as the sin of murder. The only difference is you pulled the trigger, if you will, in your heart, you wish they were dead. And in God's eyes, it's the same thing in principle. 
Folks, that's only just a couple of the Ten Commandments. We didn't even go through all of them. But I think you're starting to get the picture. The Bible is correct. We have all fallen short of the glory of God, myself included, and that we are separated from God as a result. And so when our time comes, we're not automatically going to heaven. We are headed for judgment. We are headed for hell. Now let me tell you the good news. The good news is that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to save us. Jesus Christ died on the cross. It was the death penalty of its day. He paid in full uh, the price for our sins to be forgiven. Let me give you an analogy. For instance, even today, we could see that a person could commit a crime. Uh, they, they cannot reverse it. The, the sentence has been passed. The judge has uh, slammed his gavel, and they are ushered off into their jail cell. And in this particular crime, they are going to receive the death penalty. And so they're behind bars just waiting for the time, waiting for the call for them to go and uh, receive the death penalty. But believe it or not, as we know, there is a way that a person can get off a death row. And that is if the one in authority, the governor, would grant them a pardon. Now, they didn't earn it. Uh, they certainly don't deserve it. And there's nothing they could do uh, to earn it because nothing can reverse their crime. Okay? Yet the one in authority has that ability to grant them a pardon. Well, can I tell you something? That's what God has done through Jesus Christ. The cross was the death penalty of the day. God sent his one and only son to die on the cross, to take the death penalty in our place, and that if we would just receive his pardon for all of our sins, God is willing to allow us to get off a death row. He's willing to forgive us completely of all of our sins. That's the good news that I want to share with you. God loves you. The Bible says that God is not willing that anyone should perish, but everyone come to repentance. Won't you, if that's you, call upon the name of Jesus Christ right now? Won't you ask him to forgive you of your sins? The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Won't you do that now, wherever you are? Please, take God up on his amazing, loving offer. I'll let you down. Man will let you down. People will let you down. But God never will. He wants to adopt you into his forever family. He loves you. He's willing to forgive you of anything and everything you've ever done, past, present, and future. It's amazing. Please, call upon Jesus now. Well, this has been Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church. If there's anything that we can do for you, please don't hesitate to ask. Our number and information will come up here on the screen here shortly. And remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless. Thank you for watching this presentation from Sunrise Baptist Church. If you would like to send us a letter or any other kind of postage, you can reach us at 1780 Betty Lane, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89156. For more information, you can give us a call at 702-452-8599 or email us at bcrone at getalifemedia.com or you can visit our website at www.getalifemedia.com. Billy Crone and this ministry can also be found on Facebook and Twitter. Join us for services at www.sunriselv.com.